Hi, I'm Rick Anthony, and welcome to the Someone You Should Know podcast, the podcast that focuses on musicians, authors, and interesting people. We like to say we're making a difference one artist at a time. So sit back, have a cold one, and get ready to meet someone you should know. Quite the treat on the podcast today, a very talented bass guitarist who's played with some legendary artists of all time. Uh, it was also the tour manager of, of a brand new inductee to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Would you please put your hands together for Mr. Dave Fowler. Dave, welcome aboard. Thank you, Rick. I, I appreciate being here today. And uh, I know it was a little bit of a task to pull my schedule into uh, into the realm of possibility. So thank you for your flexibility <laughs> and your patience. not a problem at all. He is touring uh, with the Artemis Pile Band. We're going to talk about that in just a bit. But uh, we've got a lot of ground to cover, Dave. You started off in Western North Carolina as a farm boy. When did the music bug hit you? Man, probably around the age of 13 years old. I, I you know, a lot of people get started much earlier. But I was, I was really into sports. I played football and basketball and uh, mainly baseball. And I, I was a fairly decent athlete, but and I probably could have been great had I really applied myself mm-hmm. more. But the music bug kind of got a hold of me. My parents always sang at church, and they always needed a bass player to play with the piano player. <laughs> and I was like, you know, at that age, I was like, well, it's got four strings, so really, how hard can it be? <laughs> so okay. Uh, little did I know at that time in my life that how bass would evolve to the forefront of modern music, you know, as it did during those those times with uh, with the birth of uh, 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 of new funk and R and B and and soul music and fusion jazz mm-hmm. uh, to where bass players like Stanley Clark were stepping up front fronting bands, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, that had really not been heard of until then. So lucky for me, you know. Absolutely. You know, it's strange, uh, Dave, my, my daughter started off in th- about the age of 13. She's in her 40s now, and she's got a band in St. Louis, but she was a bassist also. She started off on the bass. It was a, it, I believe it was, oh, I, I believe it was a, it was a jazz bass when we, for, we first got for her. And I'll never forget, she came out of her room on Christmas Day, you know, throwing down a couple of, this is during the time of grunge and stuff. So she's throwing down, uh, you know, some, some chili peppers. She's throwing down some, some, uh, Jane's addiction and such. But, uh, yeah, I'll never forget bass instruments, uh, first thing that she started off on. Like I say, you played with some legendary bands. Let's go back to the very first beginning. What was the very f- name of the first band that you played in? Can you remember? Well, uh, Yes, I do. Uh, I was working at Ingalls Markets, and and I had played, uh, you know, in 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 um, a a gospel group at that point, uh, which we only played Western North Carolina and a little bit in East Tennessee, not much, but it was called the Bill Fuller Singers, and uh, that was where I really got my feet wet, got a lot of the the basics under under my belt. And then um, after that, I was working at Ingalls Markets, which is a huge uh, local grocery store chain here mm-hmm. in the Carolinas and tennis and East Tennessee and uh, Southern Virginia. And uh, I was working there, you know, and uh, a guy had approached me named uh, Will. Uh, I'll think of it in a minute, but uh, he had a band called Foxfire. So he, he said, you know, if you could come play the Moose Lodge with me, you know, I can pay you 50 bucks. Well, it took, you know, that was a hard day's work at Ingalls all day mm-hmm. to make, you know, $40. So right, I figured yeah. I can go play for three hours and make 50 bucks. And I was like, yeah, this is probably going to be for me. So the intent at the time uh, is not money, uh, you know, because it's fun for you. 
uh, a lot of musicians get into it because they love it. But it, as you get into it, you begin to do it for money. The luster can wear off. But uh, luckily for me, I still love what I do. I'm still fortunate that I get to do what I do. And I'm very, the one thing I would like people to know about me more than anything is I am how incredibly grateful I am uh, to still be doing it. Right. You've been doing this for you over know, four. Oh, this has been over 40 years now, right? I, it's been right at 40 years. Okay. I, I decided that I would turn professional at 19 years old and I will be 60 in June. Awesome. Very so good. I have, and I'm still, and I'm still doing it. <laughs> this is what I do. Awesome. You know? Very good. Yeah. I just wrapped up a 40 plus uh, year uh, radio career and uh, that's why I'm doing the podcast. It's kind of like my nicotine patch to get me through uh, the, the bug of uh, going back on the radio. Now you've uh, played with some legendary country musicians, the Stadler brothers, Lori Morgan, the late great Dottie West, just to name a few, but you were also the tour manager of a new inductee into the rock and roll hall of fame and this lovely lady by the name of Dolly Parton. Uh, for those of uh, for our listeners who are not sure exactly the role of a tour manager, can you kind of go into that to just a little bit before we talk a little bit about Dolly. Sure. Uh, they all vary a little bit, uh, depending on the artist you work with. Uh, Dolly was a little different because, you know, we had um, almost 40 people on the road. So it took more than me to manage it. it mm. you, you have like three different tour managers and they all have their specific areas that they deal with. Uh, I handled the band, which was 11 members, uh, all wonderful people that had been with her forever. So it consists of everything of, you know, when you get to the gig, making sure your bus has ample parking to shore power to the bus, which means you don't run the generator all day. You hook it up to shore power mm-hmm. uh, so that you can have heating or air for the day and uh, making sure the trash is empty, make sure your driver gets to the hotel to get that rest, make sure that you get his pickup time. Uh, and in a lot of cases, you deal with the money. You do the tour accounting as well. It comes with the job. Now, I didn't have to do that with Dolly, but there are a lot of acts that I tour manager, like Billy Bob Thornton, when I did Billy Bob's tours. Mm-hmm. I was the bass player and the tour manager and the tour accountant, and I was responsible for everything. So it comes with a, a tremendous amount of responsibility. And I was always that guy. You know, I grew up real poor. My My dad was just a blue-collar worker, and so he didn't. He wasn't able to give me a lot, but he did give me the work ethic. Right. And I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I have a little boy that's 12. I'm, I'm just a firm believer that if if you give a child a great work ethic, then, you know, I think that the rest will kind of, they'll kind of find their way if they're willing to work. Awesome. Real good. Uh, what was it like working for Dolly, though? I mean, just the idea of just working with just that legendary, well, she she was back in there. This was with the early days. This is the post-Porter Wagner days and actually breaking out on her own about the time that, uh, uh, let me see, you started right after the Kenny, Kenny Rogers thing, right? No, I didn't start with her till the mid-2000s. Oh, mid-2000s. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she was well-established uh-huh. by then. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She had, at that point, Dolly had been tr- really wanting her, her, as everyone knows about her, because she grew up in the Smoky Mountains, she has a very deep love for bluegrass music. And at this, at, at the at late '90s, early 2000s, her heart was still really in that. And and, and in all honesty, you know, believe it or not, uh, at this point, Dolly was, you know, she was struggling to probably sell 3,000 tickets at that point because that's the music she was doing. She didn't have uh, the proper team around her. And it was just kind of a, uh, 
it was a, a little bit of a difficult time. And then she began to surround herself with other people and brought other people on board and that kind of thing. And, you know, went back into the, the full Dolly thing, you know, with all her, her hits that she had through the years, nine to five, of course, here you come again, all that stuff. And uh, Kent Wells is her producer and her guitar player for many, many years. And Kent is my business partner and one of my very best friends. He, uh, got a position for me over there as a tour manager, and I was very happy to get it. It came along at a time I really needed it. And so I, I did that. The reason that I did not get asked to play bass on the tour is I don't play upright. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. <laughs> Cause the yeah, world's that... <laughs> worst upright player. And I don't, I don't, honestly, I don't, I don't have any interest in playing upright. I, I've devoted my life to playing electric bass, and that's what I like to do. Mm -hmm. Understand. And, and it's what I do. That's, it is what I do. I'm not the best. I don't want to be the best. I don't want that pressure. Um, and I'm not going to put the time in to be the best. I just <laughs> do what I do. And fortunately, people hire me because they like what I do. So I'm, again, grateful for that. And some of those people include uh, Bill Simzik, who was uh, who produced the Eagles. You've led a really blessed life. Man, I have. Yeah, Bill is a wonderful human being, very warm. And I only got to work with Bill one time on a project. <clears throat> but in true Bill fashion, we took our time. You know, we only cut like five tracks, I think, but we took an entire week to do five tracks because he has a very specific way that he does things. And we did this. Uh, Keith Stiegel, who is a, a, a big name in Nashville, uh, record guy and producer himself, had interest in these three different guys. And he thought all of them were individually strong, but he didn't think any one of them had what it would take to get to be a superstar. But he thought together they could be, you know, a country version, mm -hmm. if you will, of the Eagles. So that's where he sought out Bill. Sought out Bill to produce their EP and I got to be a part of that. Joe Vitale played drums. Joe played with, you know, he's the drummer on Rocky Mountain Way with mm -hmm. Walsh. And yeah. so here I am sitting between Simzik and Joe Vitale, uh, you know, a bright eyed boy from North Carolina going, How did I get here? You know, <laughs> I know sometimes you just uh, wonder about the tracks. Yeah. came out great. Awesome. Very, yeah, very good. It, it was, it, it was great. Now you've been mm -hmm. with the Artemis Pile Band for quite a while. Uh, when did you guys start uh, together? They've been together a very long time. Mm hmm. Uh, which is my bandmates, Jerry Lida, Scott Rains, and Brad Durden started this thing with Artemis. I, I honestly couldn't say how many years, close to 20 probably, mm -hmm. just since they started jamming and, and getting together. And then I've been in the band for six or seven years now. Awesome. And, uh, and I was the last guy to join. So we've become a pretty tight knit unit. We're, we're, the band really strives hard to, duplicate the music the way it was in the 70s i mm -hmm. mean we really pick the parts apart and really refine them and we make sure that we're trying to get the the, the, the right sounds the right uh, instruments musically get it right the licks if mm -hmm. you will right. the, the the notes playing the right notes because it, and it's and it's a it's an ongoing never-ending thing because i'll always figure out that i'm playing something incorrectly <laughs> well, that's just and it. As Scott, far as you've got, you've got. Uh, I mean, this this Leonard Skinner library is just huge. There's just so much depth to it. Yeah. And when you actually, you actually have to play it note for note, like the records play. The question I have to ask you is, what is it like to get up there and play Freebird every evening? It's it's a treat, you know. I mean, knowing the legacy that Artemis carries, 
uh, we, my bandmates and I take it really seriously. Um, and we want, we, we want to deliver that to the fans. So playing Freebird every night is just one of many. I mean, it, you know, but that, of course, that's the, uh, that's the, the height of the night, you know, and, and it's, you know, and we may not be the best band in the world. We're a pretty good band as far as a band goes. Uh, together, we're, a, we're a pretty, we're a pretty good force. Awesome. Uh, and, and it's, it's, I will say, and, and I don't say this arrogantly at all, but when we open for other bands, uh, like a 38 special or whoever it is, and we close with Freebird, it's a little hard. A little hard to follow. Yeah, I was gonna say because uh, that is uh, that is one of the legendary uh, tracks that you encore a concert at. You think of Benny. I mean, mm-hmm. you you go to any any other show, you know, people are saying, you know, one more song, one more song, and some people are yelling, "It's Freebird," and it's not even a Leonard Skinner concert. You know, it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool, man. I, I I am really trying to immerse myself in the moment these days. Every time that we play, because you know, Artemis will be seventy five in July, and he's still. You know, he was a U.S. Marine from 68 to 71, and uh, he's still got a lot of Marine in him. He's very disciplined. He's still in good shape. Uh, he's uh, So I really try to relish every moment, you know, out there because all things come to an end. That's true. That's you know? true. That's what, that's what Dolly says at the end of a tour. Well, all good things must come to an end. <laughs> I will always love you, and here's your pink slip. <laughs> But she's she's the best. Oh, while we're on the subject of Freebird and Dolly, uh, I don't know if I've shared with you yet, but you're going to trip on this. Uh, I, I developed a record label with a buddy of mine, Lynn Snow, out of Texas. Uh, we started a record label last year. We signed Artemis to a one record deal, and the record will be coming out in March, and it's a Leonard Skinner tribute record. And Dolly sang Freebird with us. Oh my God, that's incredible! That's incredible. It's it, it, it's more than incredible because uh, Ronnie Dunn of Brooks and Dunn sang Sweet Home Alabama. We were we managed to get uh, Warren Haynes from Government Mill did Saturday Night Special. We managed to get uh, Sammy Hagar did Simple Man. Wonderful. Uh, uh, and this was all contacts that I've had through the years because I've just been so blessed in this business. Uh, and we got some new blood on there. We got a, a new young guy in the country named Michael Ray. He did I Know a Little. Yeah, I know. Yep. Uh, Chris. I know the yeah, name. Chris know Jansen. Well. Chris, yep, know him too. Chris Jansen did, uh, Chris Jansen did uh, Curtis Lowe. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lee Bryce did uh working for the mca and it, it, it's shaping up to be a tremendous record man and it will be you can pre-order it now at artemispileband.com uh, it will be released sometime in march is all i know i don't have a, a release date yet but i can tell you i heard some of the mixes and martin needham uh who is one of the you know premier mix guys in the music business today he did the killers imagine dragons he works with Stevie Nicks. He's mixing the record for us. And I went to his studio with Kent last week and heard some of the mixes. And people are going to be, they're going to be floored with this record. Awesome. This. One yeah. thing I, I got to ask you, you've been in the business for over 40 years. And the, there's a little thing that we love to include. It's called Tales from the Road. 
These are those infamous road stories of where things didn't go quite as planned. You get to a gig and all of a sudden you realize you forgot something. You get there and you realize you're at the wrong venue. Uh, something that happens on stage. Something that happens at your backstage accommodation. Something that happens at the hotel. Anything come to mind in your 40-year career is, uh, is kind of like one of your favorite tales from the road? Man, there are so many of those. It'd be hard to pick. Uh, there's one in particular that does come to mind. is very early on with Lori Morgan. I was the musical director, bass player, and, and tour manager in the very beginning. And uh, we were playing in Oklahoma. I, I don't remember where in Oklahoma, but, some, but it was a club. And it, you know, she was just, you know, having hit records and, and she was on fire, man. <clears throat> so we go out to play and I have on new boots and the drum riser is carpet. Okay. So you might see, might, you might see where I'm heading. Uh-huh. So, we need wearing new boots and they're not scuffed up and you jump on carpet. It's like jumping on a sheet of ice. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm being all cool and everything, man. And uh, I decided I'm going to jump up on the drum riser, never thinking one time about it, you know. So I jumped up there, man, and my feet came out from under me and I fell for what seemed like 30 minutes. Oh, no. I trashed, trashed the drums, knocked over cymbals. Somehow, I never missed a note. I kept playing with <laughs> my left hand. Somehow. You're a professional. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> You're a I don't professional. know how I did it. It was like acrobatics at its finest. Wonderful. I, I don't know, man. I, and it happened so fast, and it was so embarrassing. And, of course, Lori is the coolest, man. She's she's one of the coolest people I ever got to work for, and I just love her. I still have a great relationship with her to this day. And uh, that's one of them. And then, you know, there, there are times like, you know, getting to sit, sit in the back of the bus after a gig with Billy Bob Thornton and and picking his brain about how he made Sling Blade and where the characters came from and what it was like. And, you know, it, it just there's so many moments in my life that I got to do that kind of stuff, you know, that's thinking. And I don't really think about those things until somebody like you asks me about them. I got to play um uh, a Barbara, Mandel, a Barbara Mandrell tribute at the Grand Ole Opry with Lori one time. <clears throat> and I'd never met Barbara, but I was a, a big fan growing up. Uh, I, I'm a fan of music, period. And uh, so all those artists that my parents loved growing up, you know, Barbara Mandrell, the Statler Brothers, mm-hmm. the, you know, I got to work with so many. Barbara was watching us do Soundcheck that day. She was at the event. And I can't even remember what song we were playing. It was one of her pop hits, like Sleeping Single in a Double Bed or something like that. But the bass part was pretty intricate, and I'd worked on it hard, you know, to be sure that I played it well. And preparation, I can't say enough about preparation. If you want to be a musician, you've got to prepare well. So I I prepped pretty well, and I was kind of nervous because Barbara's over there really watching, you know, and it was a bit of a challenge. The thing we were playing was a bit of a challenge for me in particular. Uh, but we we did a sound check, and it went really well. And, man, she beelined for me as soon as we finished playing the song. And I and I saw her out of the corner of my eye coming toward the stage. And and I was like, oh, oh God, she's, she's headed to me, mm-hmm. you know. And she came over, and she goes, hi, I'm Barbara. And she stuck her hand out, and she goes, son, you just played the hell out of that. And I was like... <laughs> I didn't know what to say. But it was it was very sweet of her. She didn't have to do that, you know. Awesome. But there have been a there have been a lot of times like that, Rick, that I can't 
Yeah, it's hard. It's hard yeah, to kind of nail it down, but yeah, it's it's nice to just sit back after after a, a you know a long weekend of gigs and such like that, and go. Do you remember that time that we played that particular gig, and the, and and the hotel didn't have our reservation, and we had to sleep out in the in the truck or whatever like that. I, I've had so many of those through the years. This uh, this show is actually yeah. a, a reboot of something that I had in the late '90s, and uh, I'm just so glad yeah. to uh, revive some of these memories and get a chance to talk to wonderful people like yourself. Uh, like I said, we're going to include in the show notes the latest on the album, and it's called what? What's the name of the album going to be called, Dave? Well, it's just the Artemis Powell Band. We don't even we haven't even titled. Oh, it no yet. title yet. Okay, it's, uh, it's just a it's a Leonard Skinner tribute record. We don't have a title yet. So I'll, I'll okay, try no, for that. Okay, no soon, problem. Soon the the date of this recording, folks, we don't have that information, but it will be airing the first of uh, first week of March, so it should have all the information in it. And uh, any closing thoughts you'd like to impart with us, Dave, before we close up shop? I would just encourage any young musicians that really want to do this that that you know the 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 way to do it is how I did it is just stay the course, set goals. Uh, be realistic and, and take it a step at a time. You know, you can't, you're not going to go just take over the world. Uh, especially these days, our business is so jacked up with, with how it's, what it's become. Uh, I'll just say set realistic short-term goals and one by one reach them and just keep pursuing your dream. I mean, I've, I've gone into public speaking and, and public school systems for kids who want to, um, pursue a career in the arts and i really enjoy that because i really get to pour into their lives and share because my mom when my mom was 13 she was shot at close range with a little boy playing with a shotgun and she died four times there's much more to the story but i know we're out of time so but my mother lived she's still with me she's 82 years old saw her this morning uh and uh you know she's the doctor said if she lives she would never have kids well here I am. And I have three <laughs> siblings and everybody's healthy and fine. And so that tells me on a, on a big level that I have a purpose and I love sharing. And I, you know, people are welcome to reach out to me if I can be a help or an inspiration. It's what I want my, the back half of my life to be about. Awesome. Very good. By the way, it's DaveFowler.com, right? That's your website. That's right. And they can, my email is the same. It's Dave at DaveFowler.com. All right. Very good. Well, those will be in the show notes. And once again, the album is coming out in March. You got to check it out. If you are a Skinnerd fan, if you're a Dave Fowler fan, just make sure you check that out. Dave, I thank you so much for being on the show today. I know you've been a busy man. He's on his, on his way to another gig. He's coming to your town. Look for it. Okay. Dave, thanks again for being on the show, man. I do appreciate it. Be safe on the roads. Thank you for asking me, man. I really appreciate being here. Hi, this is Rick Anthony thanking you again for listening to this episode of Someone You Should Know. Now, if you're an aspiring musician or an established musician that's looking for a little exposure, I invite you to drop us a line at someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. That's someone you should know podcast at gmail.com. Also, I invite you to tell a friend about the Someone You Should Know podcast. I thank you for tuning in this time and I invite you to check us out next time on the Someone You Should Know podcast, because you never know who's going to show up. Until next time, remember, God loves you, and so do I.